This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. So my question is going to be, our question is going to be, how many games... Do the Rangers need their primary starting five pitchers to start to excel this season? 877-881-1053. And if you missed the big news of the last hour, Derek Carr... No, I'm just kidding. Derek Carr is going to the Saints. Who cares? But the Dallas Cowboys... Is that too rude? I I don't mean it to be... Well, I guess I do. I just... I'm looking at NFL Network and just in our world... Their breaking news is Derek Carr. I just care infinitely more about Tony Pollard getting franchised than Derek Carr going to the Saints. Well, unfortunately, the morning show had this on ABC still, which was where the basketball game was yesterday. Oh, yeah. So they, it didn't change. So, Kevin, I'm sure if it was on ESPN right now, it would be all Cowboys all the time. That's okay. how That's how they rock that thing. So there is a mixture going on with NFL Network because they have to appease they don't have to get ratings. They just have to appease all their groups. Sure. Um, I did like the Ross Tucker question, though. If Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay and Derek Carr is going to the Saints, who's playing quarterback for the Jets? Because both of those guys were rumored question. to be going to the Jets, and I'm not as concerned about uh, about Las Vegas. But I'm. But who's who's playing QB for the Jets? Is it going to be Zach Wilson? Yeah, they took him number two in the draft. What are you talking about? There you go. That's the way I, I roll he, it out there. No. Make him work, dude. No, make him be the guy. Yeah, because they're losing patience with Aaron Rodgers. You don't want Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my gosh. Well, he's better than Zach Wilson. You know what? Your your coach knows him well enough to say no. That's what I would say. Your coach was the defensive coordinator on a team that went to the Super Bowl with him, and he would probably go, "Hey, we he let us down. We had a we had a great defense, and he lost that Super Bowl. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll just say Pat Mahomes is really good. I mean, sure. I would. I think that would be easy to concede. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. From the <laughs> man, I hope this is not total games from the six, eight, two. They said they need the Rangers need 23 starts from their primary starting five pitchers to have a great season. That will be, I predict 23 starts from each of them. Or they just total? said 23 Because totals not going to be good enough. I predict that will be a disastrous run to the season. From the 817, maybe 75% of the games. And I think that's probably the neighborhood that I'm in. Is 75, you need them to make 75% of their scheduled starts. And what I mean by that is scheduled before the season. So, like, obviously, two of them pitch 33, and then the other three pitch 32. I'm I'm saying you need 75% of those, Mm -hmm. not well, Jacob DeGrom was never going to be ready for the start of the season. Well, that starts counting off the total then. Yeah, 75%. Now, I guess 
and you're kind of putting that as they're pitching at their level expected. Yes. Not that, their yeah, pitching that's a good point. under level expected or even better. Then I got a whole new set of problems. We, one problem like, at a time. I can't expect in that 75% of those games pitch that they're all just throwing no-hit gems. Sure. Uh, so I think that, you know, like if they're in that range of being as good as expected, we can be a really good baseball team this year. I agree. Uh, 75% is a great number. Where am I getting it from for all of those guys? Am I only getting, let's say, Kevin, all the starters start all their games. Yes. Except for DeGrom. He starts five. Are you feeling, I don't, see, that's where the. Because that's still 100 and, what are we talking, 135? Yeah, that's where. I'm like, oh, man, we got good innings, but did we ever get to see the great, the elite moments? And maybe in those five games, he can throw elite. Maybe he can be that kind of pitcher for five games, but that's it. Okay. I don't know, man. 6A2 followed up. That's each. Okay, good. Because okay, right. that puts us at 115. See, I was a little higher. In my magical world, it was 125, which is like 77%. Okay. But <laughs> I know, Corey, I know what, percentages here. I know it won't work like this, but in my mind, they all started 25 games in this scenario. So that puts them at 125, but each one of them started 25 games, which I realize that is very unlikely that they would all miss the same amount of games and all make the same amount of starts. So obviously the lower down in the rotation you get, the more I would prefer those people missing their starts to get to 125. And that's that's what you need because this bullpen, I I really like Taylor Hearn. Oh, you do. But I love Taylor Hearn. He I asked him about maybe the bullpen's not the strength of this team, and he said the people who say that didn't watch this team last year. I we might not be on this. I'm not on the same page with him about that. So you say 77. percent That's right. To, and that's going to get you, you think, maybe into the World Series? Uh, that's tough to say because then will your pitchers all be healthy in the playoffs? That gets you in the playoffs. You know, Michael Jordan won six championships, but if he didn't have this guy, Wait, this guy Pippen played all the games! Then he would have had no championships, I think. So, <laughs> Kevin, we need them to play all the games, just like Mike said about Pippen at the time. Well, then I will concede that the Rangers will not win the World Series if... If the prerequisite is for all of these pitchers to start every game this year, then I will say we're not going to win the World Series. The two one four. What if Rocker and Lighter come up and fill those starts in that second scenario? Okay. If that happens, something has gone horribly wrong. Trade all the pitchers. Well, no. Yes. Yes, it has. Yes, something has gone horribly wrong, but also something went incredibly great. It's not going to happen. Lighter is as much as we want him to pitch today. Yeah. He's not ready yet. He still has some polishing to do. He yeah. still has he needs to prove that he can dominate double A. And Rocker, or even be mediocre in double A. Dominate double A. And then I'm gonna start considering you're ready for triple A. Okay. All right. Like and then with Rocker, like I I'm excited. There are lots of fun things. He needs more innings. He needs more to grow on. Maybe he does excel and just, you know, skyrockets like Derek Holland did. Just rockets up the charts and says, all right, I'm here. But these guys really, that's one of the reasons the Rangers said, we're going to draft pitching and add pitching so that in the future we'll have pitching. But for the right now, we have pitching too. And these guys, they're good. They're good. They're going to be good, hopefully. But there's a lot more work for, for if the, like Kevin said, 
if that happens, either something went amazingly good and they were throwing zeros up on the board every time or everything fell apart and we traded everybody. Look, I love the scenario where they both come in and dominate this year. I just don't know how we really got to that point. This is the statement from Chris Young that, on the one hand, makes sense. On the other hand, it makes me a little weary. You only have two hands. He said, (laughs) that's a good point. We're not going to make guys push through minor things right now when we're looking at the big picture. There are certain points when guys are more vulnerable or exposed to injury in spring training is one of them. We're just making sure we tread lightly. We're just being smart. We want to be diligent with our buildup. So I get it. They haven't pitched a lot so far. So a minor tweak now is different than maybe a minor tweak in August when you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm just... It hurts, but I'll be okay. Whereas now, if it hurts and you still haven't built all the way up, but the counterpoint that I know makes people nervous is you have a lot of people in this rotation who have dealt with injury problems, whether it was Gray last year, whether it's Evaldi, whether it's DeGrom. Like, you have people in this rotation that you're like, it could be awesome, but it could also be concerning. And so when Gray gets scratched, when DeGrom still hasn't pitched, when Evaldi gets scratched, that... That makes me nervous. I was going to say it makes people nervous. It makes me nervous because I love the Rangers. How do you think Ray Davis feels? I, yeah. I, I wonder, like, what's Boach, what are Boach and Chris Young telling Ray Davis when Ray wakes up in the morning as the owner who said, hey, take half a, half a billion dollars and go start working on something here for me. And then they come back and they're like, hey, none of those guys that we spent that money on yeah, uh, are ready, ready for to go. the sprint, the training camp ver- part, portion of this because there's some tightness. Do you think he's going? Hey, did I spend my money appropriately? Or I can't trust you. Like I, I'll tell you this. I know this for a fact. Ray Davis loves Chris Young. All right, it's I, I, I talked to, to him and I was talking to him about a couple different things, and he said, "Hey." I got you, Chris Young. How do you feel about that right now? And I was like, dude, I'm loving it. Yeah, and And so I, I really do like that. But I understand whenever you spend something on something and all of a sudden it's not coming back and giving you returns, you're a little concerned. Luckily, right now, Kevin, it's cold in Arizona, and Boach is like, I don't want to risk anything, so yeah. let's take our time on this. I expect them to, whenever season starts, to be there for the long haul of the season, though. He also, when he was on air with us, agreed about the Sam Elliott comp. Yes, he did. Like, let's not forget that. If you missed us in surprise last week, he goes, who's that one guy? And we all knew he was talking about Sam Elliott, and it kind of felt like he could be the narrator of the Big Lebowski. Or my life. Yeah. Come on, man. You wouldn't want Sam Elliott and and or Bruce Bochy to narrate your life? I would. You get up in the morning, and it's like, the sun peeks through the blinds. Okay, but can I just tell you this? If things aren't going your way... As the cowboy puts his boots on Isn't for that going to make you sad? Because that's positive. Mm-hmm. But what if he said, the sun breaks through the blinds, Corey got out of bed already knowing that he would be defeated on this day. Oh, like, man. That's not going to That's not incur- how Sam Elliott would narrate Okay, at all. but depending on what's going on in your life, maybe it Sam is. Sam Elliott only narrates heroes. And that's what you know. Well, guess what? Heroes struggle sometimes, too. And if Sam Elliott tells you the day is going to suck, <laughs> guess what? You're probably going to walk out there and be like, you know what? That's a fact. I don't know what I'm going to do today. God, he's got such a mustache. <laughs> That is a good point. So, like, here, let me give you let me give you a good Sam Elliott example. All right, you ready? Manchester United took the pitch 
thinking that today they might be a competent soccer team. But guess what? They weren't. They were wrong. You saw that, right? Like, I'm not even a big soccer fan. And even I saw that Liverpool beat the absolute breaks off of them. Seven to nothing. Why would they let that happen? (laughs) That's... I don't know. Like, isn't your goal to stop them from scoring on you? Yeah, you said nah. Just put let's let seven of them get in there today. I That's and ridiculous. I, I like the manager. He said it was one of the best performances for a long, long time. Everyone saw what the boys can be, which is great. But that even feels like a muted reaction. You're like, are you kidding me? Have you seen how much we whip their ass? Mm-hmm. Is they tied the biggest beatdown in a competitive game since 1931 against them? Hell yeah! Or and if it's Sam Elliott, you, he's just gonna make you want to be sad about your day. Oh, I'm telling you. Let me. Are you trying to tell me that Bruce Bochy is gonna make us sad when he joins us on possibly every Tuesday to talk about the Rangers? I'm telling I don't you. Think so I think you're wrong. I think there's gonna be a day. Hopefully not a lot of days, but a day when he goes. Look, guys. Mm. When you don't got pitching. And we're still waiting for him to come back. You don't got a chance. 877-881-1053. Give a grade on the scale of 1 to 10 for Kevin Hagelin's Sam Elliott slash Bruce Bochy <laughs> impersonation. Maybe like a 4, 5. <laughs> what? That's what I'm going to say. I get that to grade? way too high. I get to grade myself. Too high? Oh, man. All right. 877-881-1053. I'm giving it a 1. <laughs> We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we jump into the lunch rush as part of the expressway from Jerry's lips to your brain. Oh. Are these the things Cowboys fans just have to deal with? Next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan where the votes are in and it did not go well for me. So, one of our segments as part of the lunch rush here is going to be from Jerry's lips to your brain. Are these things Cowboys fans just have to deal with? Here are the votes that I hoped Corey had said on a scale of 1 to 5 for my Sam Elliott. It was 1 to 10. 
From the 806, that's god awful. Negative three. From the 469 to two. Negative five. Negative three. One. Man, I cannot even squeeze out a two for that. That's double hurtful. <laughs> Definitely a three. Mm. Three. Mm. Two. Ouch. One. Three. Oh. I'm giving it a one up point oh five three. That ah. is that's hurtful. Sorry, Kevin. Two. Eight point five. Negative six. Six point eight. From the 972, Kevin sounds more like a guy that has smoked two packs a day than Elliot or Bruce. The issue that I run into is obviously my voice is high you have to a high begin voice. with. You have a high pitch so it's tough. I get, that is hurtful. Or for a woman. That is Who double knows? hurtful. I gave it my best shot, and y'all have decided not good enough. And I accept. And that part of the conversation, Kevin, I really didn't intend for you to see. You know, when I asked for them to text in, just wanted me to close it down. I thought you would close it down mm. and not watch, but uh-huh. here you are. I watched constantly needing to see what the people say about you. Yeah, uh, and I- that's brought to you by 1053thefan.com slash merch. Mm. <laughs> Wear me. Mm. I still don't. I don't know if that. What is do you want people to do slogan? with the merch? That's true. Do you want people to wear the merch or not? Yeah. Those shirts are awesome. Mm, I wore I that game. Good. Yeah. I feel like we should throw just a, like a couple mm. Sonic things on there, too, just Wear to bring me. it all together. Oh, yeah. Just a big corn dog. Now, <laughs> good for Derek Carr for making things happen. And I get Daniel Jones' point of view a little bit more now because the New Orleans Saints signed him to the deal. We knew that. Four years, $150 million with $100 million guaranteed. So is that I mean, like seriously? I'm not asking this. Is that a lot of money for 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 a quarterback right now? I mean, I know people will say it's less than maximum, but for Derek Carr, yeah, I think that's a lot. Okay, of money. so it's because of the quarterback specifically that you don't think the money's worth it. I do not. If it was, if yeah. it was Mahomes, this is a steal. Yeah, honestly, and I would even open it up to like. If it was for Burrow, if it was Herbert, if it was Hurts, because I see the potential there. Like, I think you know what Derek Carr is. It is the kind of, I'm not saying they're the same person, but don't you kind of feel like most people have made up their mind and slotted where where Dak goes? Is that's what I think about Derek Carr is. I think you know what he is. And if the Saints were in the divisional round last year, rock on. Upgrade from what you were doing at quarterback and see what happens. They weren't. It just seems like there's a lot more they have to add to yeah, that team rather and, than just a quarterback away. And they were already in negative cap territory, so I know they can set the cap value for the first year low. I just don't get this for the Saints. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Okay. I, I I don't disagree. I think that there are a lot of different things away, but their quarterback play last year, Kevin, was atrocious. Yeah, right? you're right. So... Jameis Winston, unreliable, unfortunately. Uh, Taysom Hill, not a quarterback, not a real quarterback. Andy Dalton made a lot of bad mistakes. And I don't even know how much he expected to play last year, but he made a lot of mistakes that cost the team in a division that was, like, within grasp. Okay, this... When you look at the Raiders division, that thing probably wasn't within grasp most of the time. And then all of a sudden, you're like, hold on, maybe it was... But this division was within grasp of getting into the playoffs. And so I think that that's what they're looking at is, is the division going to be that much better this year? Can we try to reboot this and have a quarterback during that phase? 
And Saints fans are going to start putting bags over their head again oh, if man. they rolled out Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and Andy Dalton again. So I do think Saints fans will be more excited that they have something new as opposed to being like, oh, it's Derek Carr, though. So I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah, with I hear you. you. But as, as if I'm running the Saints right now, I'm doing anything I can to get interest back in this team and somewhat of a quarterback to run with. And if that's the idea, like today the Saints are the story. You know, like I, I, we talked about, we're focused here on Tony Pollard getting the franchise tag, but it, nationally the Saints are the story today. And I'm sure they're hoping that can translate into better play in the field, more fan interest and everything like that. So from that perspective, I get it. But I, I am not kidding. I think Derek Carr did a great job with this because he called the Raiders bluff and he was like, you're not going to, you are not going to keep me on the roster from all my guaranteed money. And I'm not going to accept the the trades that you're throwing out there. Y'all just made me stop starting at the end of the season. So guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to release me and now I get a hundred million dollars guaranteed money. So I think Derek Carr and his agents, they played this masterfully. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's some patience that goes into it. Uh, sure. Some biting your tongue uh, sure. in certain situations and just letting it play out. Let the game come to you, as they say, in a lot of ways. And that's kind of kind of the way they approach this one, for sure. Now, I know that you are interested in this, and I am as well. I want to see which cut you want to play first, because there's one in particular that brought me lots of sadness, is Jerry said a lot of stuff at the combine. What stood out first to you, or what do you think the cut of sadness is? Again, this is this is from Jerry's lips to your ears. Yes. Deal with it, uh, as Mike would say. Mm-hmm. Let's go to cut 11, Kevin, and just start with that one, because <sighs> I think that's a reality. Yep. We've got to remember now, Zeke was limited. He might not have been as limited as we uh, might have worried about him being, but he was limited last year. I know I've got a reputation for being uh, reluctant to look at great players as they go into the later years of their careers, but I don't need empathy or I don't need a, a feeling of what look what he's done for us to turn on a tape and look at what a difference maker he was last year mm. in games right through the end of the year. He made plays, made runs that uh, 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 had we not made them, it could have been even more negative than it turned out. What? Does that mean we would have lost the game by more? He said could have been more negative than it turned out. What the hell does that mean? Means, we have lost that game by 14 no. instead of 17? He's saying, or, look, excuse me, instead of 10? We could have gotten negative yards on that run. Uh-huh. Instead, we're back at the original line of scrimmage. <laughs> okay. Like, I think that's where he's yeah. going with that. He loves Zeke, man. This, I get it. This is where, and credit Jerry Jones for this. He does make this thing a lot like a family. He, he loves this guy. And... I think he looks back at his playing days a lot of times and he's like, man, the the cohesion in the locker room and what Zeke brings to it and how happy he makes the quarterback just having him around. I think there are a lot of things that he sees. Now, will he say, I have moved on from the likes of DeMarcus Ware before? I have moved on from other players in the past. I mean, they did move on from Tony Romo. 
They let him read a poem, and then they said, all right, see you yeah, later. Yeah, they did. And and so I, I think that he's still kind of holding, hey, we're going to try and reset this with Zeke. I don't know, Kevin, does, if they reset it, are they is the sole structure to try and get the cap reduced? Yes. That's the sole idea. My other concern, if that happens, because you saw this with Demarcus Lawrence, and like I think it turned out just fine with Demarcus Lawrence this year, but you might hook yourself in to an extra year with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, for example, this year you can cut him and you'll save almost $11 million, and then you'll have your dead cap hit of $6 million in 2024. If you cut him the next year, you're almost free and clear with very little dead cap that you, like, really have to worry about going forward. I know it's still $3 million, but you'll be okay if you split it up. What I'm worried about is they're going to restructure, he's going to take a pay cut, and that's going to have him on the books for 24 as well. Okay. Now, Kevin, just... Are you still, you want to still, you want to finish something up with Zeke here? Just a second, if we can. And I guess I sort of hear what he's saying. Not, I guess I really don't is because Ezekiel Elliott just, he said, if you watch the games, we did watch the games. If you need a third and one, maybe he can do it. But that's about all you're going to... And I, I get it. I know people talk about the pass protection and everything like that. That's great. Don't forget about the power. That That's... Yo, the He's pa- got this power late in the game. I guess. But it we wears didn't on you. ever really take advantage of that. And when he says he was limited more this year, he ended up being limited the year before. So you just have to accept at some point in the season, he's going to be limited. And this is the toughest thing when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott last year, and these are just cold, hard facts, had the 10th most carries in the league. He had the 22nd most yards in the league at the 43rd best run per carry. So despite the fact that we gave him the ball Mm -hmm. like a top 10 back, he was 22nd in yards, which that's bad enough, and 43rd in yards per carry. But do you see how many carries he got? You know, that's an innings eater right there, Kevin. A lot of first downs. Yes, yeah, a lot of first downs that he ran the ball. <sighs> I Or ran the ball on fourth down four or third down. Yeah, the I guess I just... You don't like Zeke. No, no, it has nothing to do with him as wow. a person. Do you it, not remember as a player? Zeke? I don't want Zeke here anymore. Do you remember rookie yes, year Zeke? Yes, he was awesome. Are you trying to say he's still he's not that guy anymore? No, not even close. It's like this dude, this one from the two one four would have won a championship in sixteen with Romo in that O line. If Romo could stay standing, that's like I, that's the thing is Romo had what three years in a row where he was injured. It felt like. Romo couldn't have won that year. I feel like if he'd have gone back out on the field, I know he had one good drive against the Eagles that season, but I feel like if he'd have gone back out on that field in a playoff scenario, it would have maybe even made it worse for his body now. And people are talking about, like when we talked about Tony Pollard earlier, people brought up Malik Davis. I would 100% rather see Malik Davis on this team than Ezekiel Elliott. I don't care what the cost is. I think you know what he does, and I think he's a progress stopper. I, I don't think he has a spot on this team anymore. But guess what? I don't get to make those decisions. Yeah, you do. And it sure does sound like Jerry's made that decision. All you got to do is stay in Jerry's ear. And plus, that number is going to be higher than you think. When it comes out that his cap hit is $6 million or whatever, watch. I'm going to be mad. They also asked him this question that I think is the most important question of the offseason. Are you still interested in OBJ? I have not communicated. Uh, direct. I haven't talked to him directly, 
but indirectly two or three times. But I did have a very impressive visit, the most impressive at all, with the most important one in this whole proposition. That's his mother. And we had a great visit uh, there at the Honors. And uh, it was uh, real easy for me to see why Odell's got a lot of his uh, pluses. She was very impressive, and uh, of course she was a great athlete, but uh, uh, she's, uh, you can see where he gets a lot of the thing. I really uh, felt like I got to know him. Okay. So he's a free agent. In our, in our conversation, we had, uh, we had a lot of lengthy talks. So he is a but he is a free agent, and certainly he's somebody that I have the same kind of uh, interest that I had in during the season. Then why didn't why hasn't he been signed yet? He is gonna be because he's waiting for what the market. His mom. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that Jerry will restir the market, and if anything else, Jerry is the market for it. Like once the interest starts there, he knows that he'll create a hey, this team, this team, this team all kind of looking for a receiver, I might have that opportunity. That's what he's waiting for. The rest of the league is kind of looking at this. I think the Cowboys probably still are, like, the interest level there, Kevin. God, did you hear him? I can see where he gets all these traits just by talking to his mom. And that's, like, rock on if that's your thing. The follow-up question should have been, but since he's a free agent, why haven't you signed him yet then? Well, don't worry about that. Because I know know last year they didn't sign it because they're like, I need you to be ready for the playoffs. Okay, fair enough. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. But we think he'll be ready for the start of the season, right? Let's sign him right now. Well, there are lots of things you can do, Kevin. We still have to worry about, are we going to trade this second rounder for DeAndre Hopkins right now? Like That's where where Jerry's mind really is, right? Obviously, not on spring break yet. (laughs) Yeah, I think in another week. Cut 17, Kevin. Are some kids on spring break right now? My kids. Very cool. My kids are on spring break, and I'm working. Look at me. Yeah. Instead of spending time with them. No days off. I was working last week. You could never Way run the Cowboys. Them. Yeah. Um, yeah I, <laughs> I, I totally could, dude. Oh, my God. Now, if you're going to be working on spring break, the, you can. I would can. run them so hard, too. God, give me a chance. Cut 17. Does Dak need a better supporting cast? When you have a competitive paid quarterback in the NFL, then you're not going to be able to get the most skill around him. You're going to have to pick your spots, and you're going to be a little slower one year than the next year, not slow in terms of speed, just at what you're doing. You you can't pay that position. Forget documented. You can't pay that position at that level and take that much of the available dollars and then put the exact thing around him. When Dak first got here, we had one of the best offensive lines that, in my mind that had been put on the field in a long time. And he had that. And so we had skill around him, especially offensively. Well, when you do what you do today and you invest in a quarterback the way you do with these premium quarterbacks, that is diminished. That's automatically has to be diminished. And so when you ask me the supporting cast around him, uh, uh, it'll be hard to get to a supporting cast the way he did when he started his career. Okay, this is there are a couple things there. A, do you agree that it's difficult to build that kind of team 
whenever you pay your quarterback a lot of money. Yes. Okay. You think it's impossible? No. Okay. The other thing I want to add to this is I wanted to hear the line, and that's where we have to go do a fantastic job of making sure we get the right pieces yeah. around our quarterback. You, you, I don't need everything, but you're the one that paid the quarterback. So you're not just you can't just blame the quarterback for yeah. having the money now. The Colts did this to, uh, a while ago to Andrew Luck, where they were like, "Look, we just paid the quarterback all the money. I mean, he's supposed to save the team now." No, your job is to make sure you build a team. But I will say this: this goes along with what I told you all all year last year and uh, from training camp on. They know what situation they're in. I don't want them out there trying to blame the quarterback, though, whenever they agreed to the terms of the contract. You didn't agree to the terms of the contract and be like, we have no other option. You have plenty of options at the time. So don't try to blame the quarterback now for what you lack whenever you're trying to put a team together. You have to hustle harder. You have to be better at your job, too. I just... (laughs) I don't even know what they're talking about. I just... Hold on, what were you? What did? What it was? Not you. I know what you're talking about. I don't even understand what the Cowboys are talking about. These last two years, you know what Dak's cap hit was? Cheap. It's thirty-seven million dollars total. Total. This contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Were they still dealing with other money that like? That they just didn't have? I would have to go back and double-check that, but probably to a certain extent. That's the problem. So the last two years, $37 million. These next two years, you know what his cap hit is? $101.3 million. So just think about that. You haven't even seen this cap hit yet. The other issue I have with what he's saying is like, well, if you're going to take all of the money, okay, great. Two years ago... You could have made a decision and got him at 28 per. Mm-hmm. Or two years before he signed, I should say. The year before he signed, you could have got him at 32 million per. What happened? The Cowboys got off to a terrible start to the season and Dak got hurt. And the outcome was we gave him $40 million per year. So I hear what he's saying about if you take more money, you're going to have a lesser team around you. But part of that is the Cowboys' fault. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten him for $28 million per year two years before. They could have gotten him for $32 million the year before. They folded because, again, like we talk about all the time, I do not think that they're good at negotiations. And when I tell you I think that the Cowboys are going to re-sign Dak or give him an extension, this is absolutely why. The last two years when this quote-unquote crippling contract was on the books, $37 million total cap hit. The next two years, one hundred and one point three. And guess what? The two years after that, when he's not even under contract anymore, $25 million. Wow. You still have a hit for Those are all things. I don't even understand what he's saying. And I fundamentally disagree with him about like three different things in that statement. Sorry, Corey. That just, that really bothers me. So, but the the situation now, this is, it goes back to the Mavericks. The Mavericks, we can gripe and complain about everything they don't have right now. Sure. They don't have a rim protector. They don't have, you know, a legitimate big that can get rebounds they have they're limited in some areas they need better players in certain areas but at this point there is nothing else they can do other than say we got to be better at what we're doing and the cowboys they've made this bed 
Yep. Now they have to say, well, we have to be better at it. Although yeah. we have to be better at making sure the talent hits whenever we whenever we sign guys. We got to hit with them because we are there. But not blaming the quarterback at the same time. When you agree to that deal, that's you and him, not just him saying I was greedy and I walked in with the little white gloves and I walked out of your uh, out of your building with that those bags of money with dollar signs on them. That's not the way this is working. You can't. This is very similar to when the the baseball owners try and say, "Oh, the baseball players are greedy. We don't have any money, and we're and look at them. They're just trying to take all of our money. They don't want to play for you." That sounds like they're setting up for. Look, Dak is the reason we can't put a better team out there. That's not true. That's not the reality. No, I absolutely agree with that, and it goes back to one of the things that we've talked about before. Is you know, and Reggie talks about this is why are you going to take less money if you don't believe that the team knows what to do with the extra money that mm. you're saving? I, I have no idea. Just, hold on, hold go on. ahead. I would, this, this is if two years prior they mm-hmm. got him for 28 million a year, they would owe him a new contract last year. Genius to which I say, or they look at the money and go. We could move on from this quarterback. Yes, exactly. He would have just <laughs> like finished his contract. Hear me out here. <laughs> and then you could have franchised him again if you saw fit. But it's weird that they're like, hey, dummy, if we would have got him for cheaper then, what are we going to do now? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we would have figured it out by now. But, you know, that's fine. If that, ma- Kevin, if that makes you feel good, I want one more, one more quote I want to hear from Jerry okay, Jones. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear this quote. Let me put it like this. Uh, Dak is a born mistake eliminator. Born mistake eliminator. If I were going to pick somebody that I'd say, now go out there and correct your mistakes, improve or do that, I'd rather start with him as raw material than anybody I've been around that position. Okay. I hope so. I do too. I just, I, never, I just love that quote. I've never heard that exact <laughs> phrasing before. Like, I totally, you mm-hmm. totally get what he's saying, I know saying, where he's right? trying to go with it. I just have never heard that specific phrasing before. And that's why I wanted to play it, because I like it. It just sounds, I, I think we're going to need to keep that one around for a while. And, and, he's a born mistake eliminator. And I hope he's right, because I do like Dak, and I know Dak is polarizing to people. My agitation is with the Cowboys and the way they negotiate and handle their business more than it is Dak. If Dak sees the quarterback market go up and he says, I would also like that amount of money. Well, why the hell not? That just makes common sense. Born mistake eliminated. Yeah, man. So my aggravation is not for the guy who is the born mistake eliminator. You were going to say porn. It's the guy who says born mistake eliminator. I want us to negotiate better. I really, really do. So at this point, then, if he was born as an eliminator, mm-hmm. he should be in the negatives on mistakes. That makes like sense. he's got negative mistakes in his life because uh-huh. he's a born mistake. So those fourteen interceptions or whatever, not really interceptions at all. Because guess what? They're negative eliminated already. Does that make sense to you? As much sense as the rest of some of that stuff <laughs> I heard. It really, really does. But going back to how this all started. My basic answer is yes. Okay. This is just what you have to accept and deal with. The Joneses run the way this thing the way the Joneses yes. want to. Yes. And we're going to gripe yes. and complain about it. I don't know how much difference it makes. Jerry listens to a lot of things. 
And there have been times where Jerry's been like, I, I was listening to you. That's why I made this decision. The Jason Garrett decision, there was a lot of pressure on Jerry Jones to say, I got to move on from this coach and do something different. There was a lot of it there. Uh, but I just, I don't, I, I mean, there's some things that it sounds like you just got to deal with. Dak, Zeke, and the potential of OBJ, I think all are things you have to deal with. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's transition into a little combat corner. If you weren't watching on Saturday night, this man, cut number two, was getting work done. It was an amazing performance. I did have somebody text me and they go, this is why WWE's better. I know I'm going to get a longer main event. I was like, man, that was pretty incredible. I know that fight with Cyril Gaon only lasted, what, two minutes? Maybe two minutes and a few seconds. But John Jones was putting in work. It seemed clear from the get-go that whether it was the range, the movement, the wrestling, whatever the case might be, is that he was the dude. And so then the question comes up, is he the greatest of all time? I know some people will say Anderson Silva. You use that word. So you use goat all the not, time. I do not. <laughs> that's why. You're the goat of goading. Ooh, okay, that's not bad. Is And that's why I like this question. I don't know if it was... You know, if yours is Anderson Silva, if it's Fedor, if it's GSP, like whoever your MMA GOAT was, do you think John Jones has now surpassed that? Because we've had John Jones on the show, and the only thing that has slowed him down at all is his outside activities and his run-in with the law. That's he, it. He is a physical specimen. He right? really is. And the like the 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 mentality it takes to be a fighter, he's got that too. He was in Banshee, wasn't he? Am I wrong about that? Was, was he, he in like the first season of Banshee? I don't or, recall. Um, I think it's he was. It's been a minute since I watched that. Show. I think he played a character that did some bad things okay. in his room or whatever. Um, but uh, for me, my favorite fighter to watch was Silva. I just, sure. I think if the broken leg situation hadn't happened, yeah, they're like, you're probably looking at him as one of the longest all-time great fighters. You know, just and I a, still think his people ability do. was insane. Yeah, it really and was. his like just the, the his reach was nuts. All the things he could do. So that's my guy. But John Jones, it's, you're looking at a guy that like it, you walk into the octagon and you start thinking how. You know, most of the time you're just, how am I going to get to this? And then he knocks you out before you even know it. So, yeah, I think it's just unfortunate that you kind of, you're like, you want to put the greatest up there and go, and he carries this cool shield of honesty and awesomeness that goes along with it. That's just not what the fight world is, man. And it's, it kind of reminds me, I know these circumstances were entirely different, but you always think about how sad it was that you lost prime years of Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I know for completely different reasons, but you lost prime years of Muhammad Ali that you'll never get back. John Jones is now 35. I know after he beat Dominic Reyes, that was a fight that some people thought maybe he lost. But guess what? He still won, and he realistically doesn't have any actual defeats on his record. But now for the last three years, due to legal troubles, due to contractual disputes, due to him moving up to the next weight class, 
you lost the years 32 through 35 to see John Jones build on his record. Because if you look at his record, he has one loss and one no contest. Well, the no contest was against Daniel Cormier. He won that fight. Then he tested positive for a banned substance. And then the other, the one that he quote unquote lost was against Matt Hamill due to illegal elbows because he was dropping them at the wrong, uh, at the like the wrong angle. He was dominating that fight. There is no way in hell outside of DQ he would have lost that fight. So realistically, John Jones has never lost an actual fight in the octagon, and he is simply incredible. If you think he's the greatest of all time, it's tough to argue with that. But if you went with some of the other people that we were talking about, I get it. And some of it is like when you grew up. Like if you're a big Japanese fighting fan, I can see how you would think Fedor is the best of all time. You already talked about your experience with Anderson Silva. I have always really loved George St. Pierre, but that also might be a product of like when you were the most into MMA. Somebody asked this question, and you're clearly the voice of uh, reason on this one. For Silva, was it just before his broken leg that he started his decline, or was that the beginning? Okay, so that is a great debate because he lost for the first time in forever to Chris Weidman in the fight before he broke his leg. This was the rematch, but... People will, I know Chris Weidman put Anderson Silva to sleep, and that's a fact. But also, is it Anderson Silva's own fault because he was screwing around during that fight? Like, when he got knocked out, I don't think we knew it until he hit the canvas because he had already pretended in that fight that he was woozy from getting punched. Oh, no. And then he just, like, jumped up and bam, threw a punch because that's what he did when he thought people were below his level. Gotcha. Like, whether it was... You know, Forrest Griffin, Damian Maya, whoever. If he thought somebody was below his level, he would just kind of screw around with him in the fight. And so we all thought he was faking it again until he hit the canvas. And then everything spiraled for him after that because in the rematch against Chris Weidman, that's when he broke his leg. And it was like it was over by that point. So he might have been about to fall. I'm not 100% if he loses that fight against Weidman if he wasn't screwing around to begin with. From the 903, Chuck Liddell in his prime could beat John Jones. That, and I remember, maybe. was it Rashawn Evans at the Super Bowl that Rashad, was talking, yeah. about, uh, talk, uh, talking about fighting Liddell and how when he hits you, it was like, that dude hits hard. And the tough <laughs> thing about that fight was Chuck's chin was kind of gone by then. In their, in their formative days, Chuck was great at stopping takedowns. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to argue because I saw Chuck Liddell lose some fights. Mm-hmm. Like, before he was kind of washed. Like, I saw him lose to Randy Couture, who took him down again and again. I've just never seen John Jones lose a fight. There's been fights where maybe you're like, oh, I don't know, but it, it's tough to say. From the 806, he's definitely one of the greatest of all time, but also has some of the craziest issues. And, and I don't know, Kevin, there seems like there are lots of fighters that have these, like, our our hometown boxer yeah, has has Errol a couple Spence, of yeah. things, and Errol Spence has yeah. a couple of things that you're like, hey, dude, don't maybe keep your foot off the pedal. Yeah. Just a little bit. And hopefully he learned uh, and learns. But like every, it seems like there's always this other story that goes along with with uh, with the fight world. And not, I, not even just the fight world, just athletes in general. I wanted to people th- in general. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> I want to throw this out there is Valentina Shevchenko in the co-main. She lost her title in what really was a shocking upset 
is a reporter for The Athletic, Greg Rosenstein, before the fight said, if Valentino Shevchenko loses at UFC 285, I'll get a handgun tattoo on my hip. And she lost, so is he going to get that tattoo now? He puts his handgun on his hip. When he, dip, he dips, he Plus, that's his foolish bet because he would have got nothing in return. Yeah. If she would have won. Why do people do this? If I this happens, I, I will do this. What I, are you getting out of it? Sometimes I do that with the Cowboys, but at least then I would get the euphoria of, hey, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. And then also, did you see that Creed Three made all of the money? Did it really? $58.6 million in North America. That is the biggest opening for a sports movie ever. You know why? It's Michael B. Jordan. Because Jonathan Majors. Oh, DeSoto yeah, products. I can see that. Uh, Jonathan Majors. He is a mistake eliminator. That's right. And his last name's Majors. I don't fault him for Ant Man. He was doing work in there. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up Mm. next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. And I got plans. Trust me. Mayo and coffee. That's the first part. And C.J. Stroud next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 